I'm sorry I'm listening to you. I'm just getting stuff set up. Because <laughs> we'll start here in just a minute. Sounds good. Yeah, we got sorry. a minute. anniversary this Ooh. yeah crazy yeah we're, so we're, yeah we're going into our third year as of today so super stoked about that um and beyond that we're now going weekly instead of every other week so every week on thursday uh every uh at 10 a.m mountain time join us it's going to be amazing and super fun and i'm excited so what brought us together is truth. We want to bring the truth to you about healthcare, whether it's in you know mindset, physical health, mental health, emotional health, business health, relational health, all of these things that are so important to life and to uh, living a, a big, well-balanced, amazing life. You know, we're put here to do amazing things. Every one of us are, and. I just love being a part of this show because I get to bring on people who are just super cool. <laughs> it's so much fun. And we get to have some really, really amazing conversations around sometimes things that most that maybe we haven't heard of, sometimes things we have heard of. Um, and today's going to be digging deep. It could get a little gross, but it's going to be super fun. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's the great thing about internet radio. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, anyway, so today we have on Kate Crowell. Uh, Kate uh, is the founder of What Kate What Kate Ate. Sorry, I have to, I mean, yeah. it's almost a tongue tie there. Um, it is. And a little bit like of a an Instagram phenomenon. Would you call? Was that right? I mean, you have yeah, you're kind of huge yeah. on Instagram, which is amazing. Um, yeah, it's kind of unexpected path. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Um, but she has such a huge impact on people, and she has such an amazing story, and this is what we want to talk about. And we want to, we want to bring to your mind and your attention that if you have – a chronic condition or these chronic symptoms that you don't know what they are, you can't figure out, figure them out, then you, you, we, you need to dig and we all need to dig. And sometimes it's really difficult and really hard and sometimes it's right in front of us and sometimes it's really deep and really hidden. So finding people in uh, a world of, I would say, functional health, functional medicine, functional nutrition, holistic medicine and nutrition is, is that's what we're taught to do it's to dig and that's you know that's why we're here is to help with all of that stuff so before we jump in um and let you kind of kind of run with it um we always start the show with gratitude and um 
I would love for you to go first and tell us something that you're grateful for. Yeah, I love it. Um, what is something? So Sue and I actually just started doing this this year. Uh, we have this like giant mason jar where we are writing a note every single day of something that you're grateful for from that day. So I feel like this is a little meta, but I'm like grateful for the gratitudes that we will be able to reflect on at the end of the year. So it's yeah. like a new habit that we're doing um, and trying to get, you know, the goal is to write one thing every single day that we're grateful for it at the end of the year, New Year's for 2023. Um, we'll sit down and, you know, pull all of these out and we're each writing something in that every day. So I'm super excited to do that, you know, just to know that that's going to be a habit that we're getting into every day. I have a journal that I write in every single night and I usually throw gratitudes in there anyway, but it's just a fun thing to do with my husband. Um, so just pumped about that and pumped to read all of the fun little things that happen throughout the year and kind of reflect on that next year. So that's something I'm super grateful for uh, and just excited about like every day and then looking forward to next year when we can sit down and read all of them. That's amazing. What a great idea. I love that. Isn't that fun? It is yeah. really fun. Did y'all come up with that or did you read that somewhere? I saw it somewhere. Did you? Yeah, I forget if it was like an email or like an Instagram post or some random thing. But yeah, um, yeah. I've seen it years before and just have never done it because I keep a gratitude journal. And mm -hmm. this is just a fun way to kind of make it a little bit, you know, talk about it, put it out mm -hmm. there, write it down, put it in a yeah. jar we can look at it later so yeah. it's a different, different way of doing it yeah i love it well it kind of brings you together as a couple and it's that it's sort of a, a step beyond the typical and i think that that's what makes it more um intentional you know yeah super cool i like for that. sure yeah yeah what about you oh man you know um you made me think of what, and this is a little, just a little bit past, but it is one of my favorite traditions that I started with my husband um, back, it might have been our first year together, which we weren't very serious very soon. <laughs> so, so maybe it was our second year, I don't know. But for Christmas, um, what, what I've always done is purchased an ornament that reminded me of whatever we have done in that prior year. So it might be one ornament, it could be 10 ornaments, but something that was really big and really special. So every year when I put the ornaments away or when I get them out and when I put them away, I get to look at every one of them and remember everything that we had done that was really special to us every year. And I don't know, I didn't come up with that or, or I came up with it. I don't know if anybody else does that. Um, yeah. I didn't hear it anywhere. It just started to me, it was a God thing. You know, it just kind of, this is what you do. I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. So that's our tree. And we have some other things in it as well. You know, some balls and stuff to make it pretty. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, it's really fun. So it really motivates me to put the tree up every year. And then this weekend yeah. I get to take it down. So here we go again. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to jump in. And I always start the show with getting to know you, you know, why, you know, I, 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 I think I bring on some really cool people, but I want everybody else to know why you're really cool. Cause I know a lot of your story. Um, and probably a lot of it, I don't know. Um, you know, we haven't known each other that long, but you know, long enough to know that we can always nerd out together and have some fun. And, um, but I want, I want you to talk a little bit about, or as much as you want about you know, who you are, why you're here, where you came from, what's your story, because your story, as we said a few minutes ago, is super relevant to our conversation. 
and you know what motivates you what keeps you going and and what how do you have fun and you know anything that you want to yeah. kind of share <laughs> yeah everything oh gosh yeah well where to start um well i currently live in denver in colorado with my husband and my little frenchie denali he's you guys can't see him but he's curled up in a tiny little ball <laughs> in a dog bed and a pike position next to me snoring a little bit so if you hear any snores <laughs> in the background it is our little frenchie man nice. um <laughs> But yeah, I've had my holistic nutrition business uh, going on six years now, and um, my husband and I moved out to Colorado in 2016 on a pipe dream of just figuring straight out of college that we wanted to pick the area that we knew we would enjoy and then make our work and everything else that was important in the practicalities of life kind of fit around everything that we uh, we're going to be building. So I grew up in rural Pennsylvania in a little town called Mechanicsburg. I grew up working on horse farms, um, definitely more of a country gal, and just humble beginnings, lots of bonfires and swimming pool nights. And I grew up doing gymnastics, competitive gymnastics. I, For anyone who's familiar with levels and stuff, I quit when I was a level nine. Um, I went on to do D1 track in college after high school, and I was a pole vaulter. And that's where I met my husband. So my husband's from Michigan. We met in college doing track at George Mason University. And I studied global public health and I minored in nutrition. So when I went into college, I knew that I just wanted to help people. I had no idea like how or what I was interested. I actually went into college undecided and largely picked my university based off of my pole vault coach because pole vaulting is such a unique like odd type of sport that finding a good coach is something that uh you know it's kind of few and far between and so george mason had an amazing pole vault coach largely went to college because of that was excited to be close to the dc area and do a bunch of other things so um yeah went in undecided and my academic advisor for anyone else who's listening who was a student athlete you know that your academic advisors are like down your throat all the time like getting you set <laughs> and scheduled and all these things in place so my academic advisor sat down with me my sophomore year and was like, you're running out of time. You need to declare a major. You've taken so many gen eds and all those credits have gone to, um, you know, they counted. I wasn't wasting credits, but I needed to pick a major. And so she suggested that I dabble in one more area of global public health and nutrition. And um, that just like sealed the deal for me. I loved global public health. And for those of you that are not familiar with what that is, it's the health of populations in developing countries and looking at the health of those populations. So everything going on in the world right now with the pandemic and how to manage the health of a population is what public health is. But global public health looks at the population of developing countries and looks at simple global life-saving solutions. So a lot of the global public health world is research that's done in like Africa, that's shared in India, that's shared in other third world countries that are just simple global life-saving solutions. So. It's a really collaborative, um, amazing community of people. So part of my story and kind of what shot me down the holistic nutrition rabbit hole after being in love with public health was that when I was in college, I had a lot of professors that were RDs, people that had gone what I would consider like the traditional route into nutrition, into public health. And I just always had a lot of questions and I had a lot of questions that weren't answered. I had a lot of questions that were kind of shot down and just like, well, this is how it is. We just don't ask that, um, you know, things like what's the difference between conventional and organic foods? Is there a difference in the nutrient density? And 
I had started researching some of those things on my own, but was being told by my professors that there is no difference and it's a scam and there's no reason to spend extra money on food like that. And this was at a time when like, um, leaky gut and the gut brain barrier and inflammation in the brain was being linked to so many other things with gut health. And I started understanding like research on gluten and zonulin and tight junction cells and Alessio Fasano's research. And I remember I went to my professor, my senior year of college, and I wanted to write my undergrad thesis on leaky gut autoimmunity and gluten sensitivity. And she when I brought all my preliminary research to her, she was like, you can't write your paper on this. There's not enough info on it. And I was like, what? are you freaking kidding me? Like, I'm giving you all of this information. Like, it's here. So she turned down my idea told me I had to pick another one. And she was like, I'm excited to see what else you're going to write your paper on. And I was just like, middle fingers up. Like, I'm writing, <laughs> I'm writing my paper on this crap. Like, there's plenty of information. So that that has kind of been my mentality i guess coming out of college is just like there's more to the story than we know and yeah. science is based in the root of asking why non-stop and yeah. it changes and it shifts and it's fascinating and that's what draws me to the science world but um i guess that's kind of what threw me out of the box of things on top of my own story which i'll get to in a second but another piece of my journey through my educational path is that you know, what I just explained is kind of like the nutrition side of things, but the global public health side of things, I got this really wild hair when I was a sophomore. I was 20 years old, and I just had, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like a God thing where I was just like, I think I'm supposed to go abroad by myself. Like, I, I love public health so much, global public health, and it's really easy for me to sit in this comfortable classroom you know, near the capital of the United States in the most privileged and amazing country in the world. And I get to say how much I love the health of developing countries. And I know nothing of what that's actually like. Mm -hmm. So I took a class that was all about um, field work. And while all these things were kind of culminating, I was like, I think I need to go travel somewhere. And I ended up going to Bangladesh by myself is kind of the the short version of the story. Um, I wasn't supposed to go. It was supposed to be people that were like 21 and older. I was only 20. Um, the class that I had got put into this year, my academic advisor had tossed me into was like a GCH 465 class that I wasn't supposed to take until my junior or senior year. And it just so happens that the professor that I got in that class, um, Dr. Curtis Sweezy, I don't know if he's still around, but he's amazing. Um, but he worked in the field for a long time and this research hospital in Bangladesh that I was feeling called to go to the night of the night class that I was going to ask him about and be like, Hey, have you heard of this research hospital? I'm thinking of going here. I was going to talk to him after class, the whole night class. He talked about research from this hospital. I was like, this is freaking weird. So there's all these things that lined up of like this class I wasn't supposed to be in this professor that I was never supposed to have. Um, you know, the coincidence of me finding this research hospital in Bangladesh that I wanted to go to, and then all the research we were talking about in class that night was coming from this research hospital. So when I approached my professor and was like, hey, I'm, I really want to go here, he was like, you would be completely stupid to not go. Like, you have to go. If you need anything, I will help you get into this. And the kicker on top was that I ended up getting a scholarship to go to Bangladesh on a global health scholarship. Um, I think that was meant for graduate students. I don't even know how I got that. So all of these things just like lined up and it was like, you're supposed to go to Bangladesh. So I went by myself. Um, I lived in Dhaka. I worked at this international research hospital called the International Center for Diarrheal Disease in Bangladesh. So 
ICDDRB is the acronym of this research hospital, but um, everyone kind of giggles at the diarrheal disease comment and right. just the title of that. But um, for those of you that aren't familiar with global health, uh, dying from dehydration of diarrheal disease is one of the top killers in a lot of developing countries. There's a lot of communicable diseases, um, you know, not a lot of sanitation. There's a lot of open drainage systems for sewage. And so these, you know, very developing country type of diseases, communicable diseases are passed extremely easily. People get really sick. People don't have proper, you know, water sources and they just continue to get sick. So one of the biggest things that ICDDRB does is um, they came up and with, they came up with an invented ORS, which is the oral rehydration solution. That's kind of like a simple homemade um, Gatorade. So it's like bicarbonate and um, sodium and sugar and water. And they teach people how to boil water. So again, simple global life-saving solutions. But long story short, my time in Bangladesh was spent a lot in research realm. So I spent a lot of time with Nutrition Rehabilitation Unit, working with women and children, rehabbing children that had stunted growth and core and these nutrient-related deficiencies that were contributing to their ability to thrive or lack thereof. So I did some case studies while I was there, and what I learned mostly there about myself was that I actually can't stand the research piece of things. I love reading about it. I love understanding it, but I want to be like getting ahead of it. I want it yeah. to get into the prevention piece of things. That was one thing that really drove me crazy when I was in Bangladesh. And there's a time and place for everything. But again, this is just what I learned about myself, that like I'm more passionate about getting on the front end. And the thing that was like wrecking me the most was like the amount of money that has to go into the research that has to prove the point that will then pay for the initiative to actually get ahead of these things. And the process of doing that is, is very slow. Um, and there's so much money involved and so many different people involved and so many different agencies involved. And it was really frustrating for me to sit there and just be like, oh my God, there's literally people dying on the streets. Like mm -hmm. I watched babies die. I watched people come in with like crazy illnesses that were completely 100% preventable. And it was frustrating that there wasn't more time and energy spent on, you know, the education and getting out there. And there was also this element of, you know, I was working in the nutrition rehabilitation unit, but I got to see the whole hospital. I got to see the short-term ward, the long-term ward, tuberculosis, um, tropical diseases. I mean, I was exposed to so many things. And one of the biggest things that they were doing research on in the nutrition realm was zinc and um, other nutrients that help nourish the intestinal lining to help people recover or prevent them from having such serious adverse reactions to these communicable diseases. And so watching the way that nutrients can not only prevent and you know facilitate and then heal from illness was just mind-blowing to me mm -hmm. and at the same time i was dealing with digestive issues um i had just right before i went to bangladesh i had just started going to a holistic practitioner and had been going to doctors like back to back to back colonoscopies endoscopies all these different things to just kind of figure out what was going on with my my IBS and anxiety and the panic attacks that I was having and like the diarrhea and constipation back and forth and all these things that like you just don't learn about your digestive system you just don't know so I just did what I knew best went to a gastroenterologist had all these tests done and it was like everything's fine your gut's yeah. just irritable and I got this diagnosis and I was sent home with these meds didn't know what else to do so I I took them, found out that they ended up being antacids, which now that I know what I know, that doesn't make any effing sense to me as to why <laughs> you throw antacids at 
you know, something like IBS, yeah. um, told to go on SSRIs because I was just anxious. I just have an anxious stomach, you know, all these things. So I was, you know, while I was in Bangladesh and all these wheels are turning, I was kind of coming out of like being kind of, you know, just feeling a little crappy about my experience with the gastroenterologist that I had been to, not really getting any answers, still having so many questions of why and so many layers of that and not finding it. And right before I went to Bangladesh, I had gone to a nutritional therapy practitioner, which is what I am now. Um, but she just totally 180 the way that I thought about health and life and the impact of the food that we eat and how our digestive system is just massively important because every single cell in our body relies on our digestive system's ability to properly break down nutrients. And all of our nutrients, you know, nourish our cells and our cells make up our tissues and our tissues make up our organs and all of our organs together make up our organ systems, which makes our entire human body. So if we're not breaking down foods properly and the functionality of the digestive system is messed up, we've got a really big problem, even if you're eating an extremely healthy diet. So while I was kind of experiencing those things myself and then was exposed to so many different types of diseases and illnesses and watching the way that nutrients and simple, you know, simple global life-saving solutions were being applied in Bangladesh. It was like, oh my God, like nutrition is this massively powerful thing in rebalancing the body. And that's when I really, you know, I had already learned these things, but to watch them in practicality of knowing that the body has this innate intelligence and it knows how to heal itself. And if we can just give it the things that it needs to heal, it will. Mm -hmm. That was really mind blowing for me. Um, Cause I had kind of just, barely started experiencing that myself before I went to Bangladesh and then watching people, you know, seize on a table with extreme hypoglycemia, get an IV of, you know, a solution of some saline and some, some glucose snap back and stop seizing and come to in 20 minutes and stabilize again. And then, you know, sent off and they're doing fine or watching the children that had, you know, vitamin D deficiencies and kwashiorkor and like just the way that nutrients impact health and the acute and the chronic support that you can get in addressing different health challenges with nutrition, I was just like done. Like, this is what I'm going to spend my life doing. So that kicked off into so many other things. That's kind of like the background, I guess, of like how I got where I'm at now without getting too into the weeds. And I'm sure we'll, we'll jump down some rabbit holes here as we go. Um, but where I'm at now is when I finished my undergrad, I was like, shoot, like I really want to get into holistic health and I have no idea how, and I don't know how you do that. And there's no, I mean, as you know, there's no, there's no real clear path. It's not like you go to undergrad and then you go to pre-med and then you go to medical school and then you have your residency and then you're a doctor. Like there is no clear path into the holistic field. And everyone that I know now in this field has kind of like created their own way of getting into root cause health or getting into whichever niche that they're in. So I think it's, you know, that was the the dilemma that I ran into after undergrad was like, well, what the heck am I, like, how am I going to do this? So I ended up creating my own internship senior year with a holistic practitioner. And I remember asking her, like, if you could go back, what would you do? And I ended up having a ton of conversations with a bunch of different people about like, if I want to get in the holistic field, what could I do? What should this look like? So if anyone is listening to this and is in the same boat, that would probably be my biggest suggestion is just to reach yeah. out and talk to people who are in the field, ask them how they got where they're at, talk to different people who are doing different things, and then you can kind of piecemeal what you want together. But um, long story short, after lots of research, I probably spent like a year and a half trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. I looked at like chiropractic school, 
because I saw a lot of chiropractors that weren't really doing adjustments, but were in the field of holistic medicine. I was like, oh, well, maybe that's my route, or maybe a naturopathic doctorate school is my route, or maybe the NTP is my route. So I ended up doing the NTP, the Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program, through the Nutritional Therapy Association. Um, it was a 10-month program at the time, in person and online, and they've changed that since, but this was in 2016. And graduated, moved out to Colorado. Again, my husband and I knew, knew that we wanted to start our lives just out here, picked kind of the lifestyle that we wanted and built everything else around it. So, um, yeah, we moved out here, and that's like a whole other story of just total shit show of <laughs> life events of like getting the business started and stuff. That's like just pure chaos. But, um, the other things in terms of my education I went on to do, I went to do restorative wellness solutions, got certified in doing some um, comprehensive lab testing. And I'm not a doctor, I don't diagnose or treat disease, so those labs are not used as a diagnostic tool. They're really just there to understand what imbalances and deficiencies might be going on in the body so that we can kind of get things back in balance. So um, stool, things like stool testing, food sensitivity testing, blood tests, looking at blood tests from a comprehensive view, um, I also went on to get my master's blood chemistry from MBCE, and then, um, yeah, where we met, lots of conferences and yeah. stuff, Eaton mm -hmm. Conference through Cellcor. There's just so many things. I feel like so much of my life has just constantly been, like, just continuing to ask why. Again, I think that's why I just, I love this field, is mm -hmm. everything that I mentioned from my experience in Bangladesh, and then the fact that, you know, it's something that drives me crazy, but something that I also love is that there's just endless questions and things to be figured out like the human body is one of the biggest you know anomalies and like just the biggest question mark in life of like how the heck does this thing work yeah. and like what is going on in there so um and so much yeah, we still don't know yeah, so much so much and i feel like yeah. this is super cliche but i feel mm -hmm. like the more that i learn the more i'm like we know nothing it's like, true i don't know mm -hmm. anything yeah about how this stuff works but yeah yeah yeah, no, it, it's it, it's really true, but and I think I think that the one thing that you said, well, you said a lot of stuff there, which is awesome, um, and I say this all the time, and I think that we need to keep saying it, and we, I mean, it's part of what we do, but keep asking why, you know, don't don't just take the answer, okay, well, you have IBS, okay, well, you have leaky gut, okay, well, you have, you know, whatever, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, coverall, you know syndrome they've given you, you know, you got to keep asking the question why, because the body, as you said innately knows how to work and knows what it's supposed to do. And if you feed it well, rest it well, uh, treat it well, a lot of the times it's going to work well. But yeah. I would say that there are times when we have exposures, which is what I want to start getting into, um, that, 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 that are uncontrollable and we don't know it. But before we do that, since you hit on Cellcore, I think this is a good time for us to kind of chat a little bit. Or, you know, Cellcore is one of my, my – oh, I can't talk – one of our sponsors, um, and they are just amazing at what they do. And what's interesting is I see that they're changing the way that I practice. And we were meeting yesterday or two days ago, and that's exactly what you said, is they, they have changed the way that you practice because of the way uh, their, their delivery system works. Um, they're innovative in what they do. They are you know, backed by data. Um, I appreciate them <clears throat> excuse me, so much, and the the – unending passion that they have to train the practitioners who then can go help the people and they're helping the people as well yeah. and you know the things you know 
the thing that I learned most from the conference that, that we went to was I think that I look pretty deep, but I always say never stop looking, never stop digging. Um, mm-hmm. And they take it even deeper than, <laughs> than I knew that we could go, um, which is it, it's truly fascinating. It's amazing. Um, and it's a little bit crazy, but you know, they, they are, you know, we talk about root cause medicine, root cause nutrition. Um, you know, they are kind of, you know, foundational, uh, medicine and we got it. We've got to take it down deeper than just, we have leaky gut or we have nutrient deficiencies. We got to look at the cellular mitochondrial, you know, genetic levels to really understand and, and try to, to truly help the body repair from, the bottom up and and it's it's I just so appreciate what they do do you want to add anything about them because I know you have used them for quite some time now yeah yeah I mean I think Cellcore is just absolutely groundbreaking in the way that they have formulated their products the I think the biggest thing to note with Cellcore is that it's their carbon technology within their supplements that makes them so powerful you know binders are nothing new um, you know, herbs to knock out parasites and pathogens are nothing new, but the fact that they've created this humic mm-hmm. and fulvic carbon technology that allows these herbs and these products that are within the supplements get deeper into the cells and actually do what they are created to do and not run into all these roadblocks with different, you know, substances in the body and interacting with them in a way that's like not favorable. There's, there's just, I mean, they're like the most effective supplements that I've ever used, you know, to the extent that like this company is practitioner protected, meaning you can't get these supplements yep. in the public. You need to work through a practitioner to get them because you can really make yourself feel like crap if you're not using them <laughs> in the right way and you're not working with someone who's trained to use them well. Yeah. So I think that's like the biggest thing. Um, but yeah, I think the root cause approach is just massive, you know, looking at toxins, looking at mold, looking at bacteria and viruses, environmental toxins. There's so many different things that just gets missed that I was missing as a practitioner mm-hmm. that I had no idea that I was missing until I came across Cellcore and was, you know, went to conferences educated by them and have just learned so much from Dr. Todd and Dr. J who formulated and created these supplements. I mean, they're just, they're just immeasurably important, I think, um, in the modern era because we live in a very toxic world. It's just, there's no way around it. So right. I think they're massively important in the modern world. Agreed. So let's um, let's hit a little bit on why we're here, which is part of your story. And then, you know, moving on into to what you do and, and, you know, start kind of digging in a little bit. But uh, we want to talk about mold. And I think we entitled the show, you know, mold, you know, is it the is it what's causing your chronic condition or is it only part of the story? Um, and so I think that it's, it's, it's interesting because when we find mold in testing, which not everybody tests for mold, um, and some, some of us believe that if you're in a dry climate like Colorado, you can't get mold exposure, which is untrue. Um, but they, it creates these crazy symptoms uh, that it can be really hard to understand. I had a client tell me that he thought is that it felt like his feet were falling, and he ended up having significant mold exposure in his home. Um, and so these just these weird things, you know, people are like I don't understand, you know, what what this is. I um, mean, I think that there's a lot more to it. But you were exposed here in Colorado, is that correct? Yeah. 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 And so let's talk about that a little bit because I think it's important that people hear. 
you know, how hard it is or how hard it can be to find the answers, but then to open, open, open eyes a little bit and go, okay, this is something maybe I need to go and get checked out by somebody. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you mentioned like, why are we here? And I think just to touch on that for a second, like I, I have a massive God given passion, I believe, because it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just there. It's just hardwired in me to just want to help other people live as vibrantly as they possibly can so that they can live out their purpose. And that's really what lights me up is like, I know what it feels like to be feeling like crap, have a ton of questions. You don't feel great. You feel like no one's listening. You don't have the answers and you're just stuck and it's impacting your quality of life. It's impacting your relationships. It's impacting the way that you experience your life and health is wealth. Health is everything. And if you don't have that, it's going to make life much more challenging and potentially miserable. So that's really what lights me up is, you know, from my own experience and also just like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I believe everyone has, you know, God given purpose and passion and power in their, you know, coming to this earth and that we all have work to do. We all have things to be done, things to heal, gifts that we have to share, things that we're interested in. I don't think there's any accident in any of that stuff. And so I feel like a lot of my purpose is just rooted in helping other people be healthy enough that they can actually go do those things. So that's a lot of where my why comes from. But in terms of the mold situation, this was completely out of left field. So there's so much to this story. And I guess what I'll start with is that I thought that I knew everything and was doing everything and I was doing everything right. And I'd run all the GI map tests and I had done all the food sensitivity tests. I had restricted my diet to the things that were quote unquote healthy for me. You know, I had all these things and I wasn't getting better. And it was in 2020, three weeks before the pandemic hit, I pulled my entire business. I put a pause on everything and my health was at the absolute worst that it has ever been. And I had no idea, but I was living in a home that was absolutely loaded with mold. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing about mold in my experience with it was that it kind of like snuck up really slowly and then all at once. And the Mm -hmm. symptoms that come along with it are so odd. And the reason why is that mold is lipophilic. Um, Mycotoxins, which we'll kind of talk about that in a second of what those are exactly, but mycotoxins that are produced by different toxic mold species, they they're lipophilic, meaning they love fat. So they will search and embed themselves into fatty tissues. And the terrible, ironic thing about the human body in regards to mold is that every single cell in your body is, you know, surrounded and encapsulated by a phospholipid bilayer, which has a fatty molecule at one end and a water molecule at the other end. I don't know if you guys remember this from like high school biology classes and whatnot, but you can kind of imagine that phospholipid bilayer around cells. So The reason why I'm bringing this up is since mold is lipophilic and it loves fat and every single cell has a fat molecule on it, mold and mycotoxins can essentially embed themselves into any cell in the human body and can migrate and embed in a bunch of different tissues. And this is why there's so many different types of symptoms that are associated with mold and mycotoxicosis and this this problem. So for me personally, what started happening was my nervous system was completely wrecked. That was probably the biggest one of the first things that went and I have a history of anxiety, panic attacks, digestive issues. I now know that this is associated with my methylation mutations, genetic mutations that I have. So if I experience any type of inflammation systemically, it usually results in neurological inflammation, which for me manifests as anxiety and panic attacks. So everyone's different. Um, 
the way that you experience inflammation, you know, genetically will manifest in a different way than mine did. But if you're someone dealing with anxiety and panic attacks, it might be worth looking into your methylation, potential inflammation sources, things like that. But yeah, so for me, you know, I was having panic attacks all the time. Like I was just stuck in a panic attack nonstop. And it was just absolutely terrible. Like I didn't want to be in my body anymore. Um, I mean, you know me, I'm extremely peppy and like high energy and like up for anything and adventurous and just down for anything and super extroverted. And I was like shell of myself. I was so uncomfortable. There were days that I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Never thought that I would have ever had thoughts like that. That's yeah. the other thing with mold is it's, you know, mold is a decomposer and energetically, you know, in quantum physics, mold has an unbelievably negative energetic strain on things. Like it wants to kill you, it wants to decompose things. That's what it does. So I was dealing with very depressive thoughts, um, super challenging. I was like, what is happening to me? I feel like I'm going crazy. I was also having really crazy challenges with like, I would have extremely vivid dreams that kind of bled into reality. So I was feeling really disoriented with what was real and what was a dream. I would have dreams that in my dream, I would say, wow, this feels like a dream. And then I'd wake up and be like, whoa, like what the heck was that? Um, I also feel like I experienced some like depersonalization or just didn't feel like myself. Like I knew how I would normally show up, but I had to like make myself be like, oh, this is something that you would normally say in this situation. So just say it like it just, I don't even know how to describe the weirdness of all of the mental health challenges with Mm people, but it was extremely terrifying and my husband was like what is going on I was also having these massive emotional meltdowns where like I would just fall to my knees and cry for you know five minutes at a time hard like grieving hard crying and then it would stop and I'd be like I don't really know what that was about I'm not really sure what I was crying about and it was just really erratic emotional experiences that I was like what the hell is happening on top of that I was also dumping bile. So we're gonna get intimate here, but I had tons of bile acid diarrhea. Like if you've ever been sick and hungover and you throw up and you see that like neon, you know, orangey yellow bile, like that was just dumping that out of my body. And as a holistic practitioner, we know that bile is a precious substance in the body. It's extremely energy intensive to create for the body. It's necessary for emulsifying and digesting fats. It's necessary for flushing out toxins. Um, necessary for proper fat digestion and healthy liver and bile function and hormone conjugation, you know, bile does so many things in the body. And so when I was just dumping that, I was like, whoa, something is really toxic in my body or my body would not just be flushing this out. But just for people listening too, you know, the body usually recycles bile at least 60 times before it excretes it in your waste. So the fact that, I mean, I was like, every single bowel movement, just like diarrhea, tons of bile. And I was like, something's really off. And so we, I think the tipping point for me on top, I mean, there are so many other symptoms before I move forward. Let me see if I can like, just kind of recall some of them. Um, Like headaches on and off, I would shake, like my body would just tremble and shake. I had really seemingly terrible blood sugar regulation issues, but I tracked my blood sugar for a straight week from fasting to two hours after eating to right after meals to after working out to after the sauna, anything that would affect blood sugar. And my pancreas was like crushing it, doing great, no insulin issues, no blood sugar regulation issues, but I felt like I was just tanking blood sugar all the time. I also ended up having 
what's referred to as MCAS, mast cell activation syndrome, where the mast cells and histamine and immune system in the body just go haywire. So I was reacting to a ton of foods where I'd eat something and my heart would race. Um, my heart would get racing sometimes so much that I couldn't fall asleep for hours. Yeah. I was also having this issue of like, I could not regulate my body temperature. I would get so cold at night that it I would be so freezing that I couldn't fall asleep. And I had to get a electric blanket to keep myself warm, or I'd have to get an extremely hot shower and then immediately crawl on the covers to stay warm. Um, I was losing my hair. Every time I showered, it was just like clumps of hair. It was like, what is going on here? And some people will end up gaining weight with mold again, because it's like the filicate stores in our fat cells. And this is a protective mechanism of the body. It's not a bad thing. You know, no one likes gaining weight, but the reality is it's your body protecting you and keeping toxins out of your vital organs by storing them in your visceral fat cells. Mm. Um, but I actually experienced the opposite. I lost a ton of weight and I like couldn't keep food down. Again, there was only a certain amount of foods that I could eat without having these massive histamine reactions and like face flushing, heart racing, um, panic feelings induced from the food that I was eating. So I ended up losing a ton of weight, which was terrifying because I was experiencing all of these other symptoms and then I could just see my body like wasting away and I was like what is like what is happening like this is getting really scary so gosh I'm sure there's more symptoms if I could sit and think about it but you guys kind of get the gist of it just weird like off the wall totally disconnected like digestive symptoms neurological symptoms central nervous system symptoms sleep problems that's another one the insomnia was insane I was like afraid to go to sleep because my dreams were so crazy um, had irrational fears. I felt paranoid. I mean, there was, it was truly absolute hell mm -hmm. and it went on for like a year. It was kind of like this slow, gradual. And then it got to the point where I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, this is not who I am. I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to get help. So I ended up going to a therapist first and foremost, just mental health wise to kind of just talk out some of this stuff. That was really helpful. Um, but the doctors that I went to when they ran comprehensive blood panels, my panels were like all over the place and nothing made sense. There was weird things like my CO2 levels were super low. My cholesterol had tanked. My bile had tanked. Yep. Um, my red blood cells were up. Like all these weird things that now I know after, you know, going through this and learning so much from CellCore and now helping my clients with this stuff. It's like so nice to know what it is. But I was like, do I have cancer? Am I dying? Like what the hell is going on here? Um, the cherry on top for me personally was that my husband and I unexpectedly got pregnant and then we had a miscarriage at about eight weeks and that was crushing. And I remember thinking like, I'm a holistic practitioner, like I'm so healthy. I've been so healthy. And when we got pregnant accidentally, I was like, huh, you know, I knew we'd get pregnant easily on accident and like kind of had this attitude about it and then got slammed when we had our miscarriage. And I think that was the biggest wake up call. This was before we found out about mold. I had been going to all these doctors, reached out to a ton of colleagues. No one could figure it out. And it was like, oh, you know, meditate and breathe your way out of it. And anyone's don't panic attacks to this kind of level. It's like, you can't, there's no telling the, there's no calming the autonomic nervous system down when it's going haywire. That's not like a logical conscious decision to make. Your body is just doing what your body is doing. And so that was really challenging to experience. But when we had the miscarriage, that's when I was like something like for whatever reason internally, it was like something, something really big is going on and I need to figure out what this is. Um, and that's when I had a colleague of mine, Danielle, 
uh, she was like, this sounds like mold toxicity. You need to get tested for mycotoxins. And I was like, what? Mold? Like, we live in Colorado. Like, it's mm-hmm. so dry. Like, what are you talking about mold? And um, so I started with a mycotoxin urine test. Oftentimes, the kidneys are what's processing mold. Mold can wreak havoc on the kidneys as well. So that's another symptom I had when I was, I was waking up multiple times a night to go to the bathroom. Um, I was peeing a lot during the day. I would have cloudy urine, like lots of weird things. I'd wake up with kidney pain in my lower back, just lots of odd symptoms there too. And um, so I did this mycotoxin urine test and it came back through the roof on a handful of different species. And that's when I was like, whoa, well, I don't really know what this mold thing is, but either way, I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to have this much mold in my body and I need to investigate into this further. So to kind of round this all out, we found out that we had an insane amount of mold in our crawl space under our 2,000 square foot ranch home. Um, and so real quick, real quick, did you have somebody come out? Did you get a home test kit? What did you do? We did a bunch of different things. We did the air testing, the ambient air testing, which mm-hmm. I now know is complete BS unless you're putting it directly next to a source. It's like, maybe you think there's mold in the wall. Like that's when you would do air testing. You would never go into the middle of a room mm-hmm and do air testing because you're not even close to the source. So that's pointless. So we did air testing, it came back with a normal range. And I was like, no, there's no way. If there's this much mold in my body, it's coming from somewhere. This test seems like BS to me. So then the next thing that I had heard about in the rabbit hole of learning about mold was plate testing. You have Petri dishes that you can set in different rooms and leave them out for an hour. You close them up, you send them to the lab, the lab incubates them. And if you have mold growth, you know, they'll rate it on those scales. So. We had mold growth on every single plate in every single room in our home, but it came back within quote unquote normal ranges. And that's when I was like, well, BS again, because these these spores that are landing on these plates and growing have to be coming from somewhere. So like, where is the source of this? And that's when, gosh, we went through so many other things. Like our landscape guy had to crawl into our crawl space to turn our sprinkler system on. And he found wet soil underneath the vapor barrier of our crawl space and I couldn't even be in the same room of the crawl space hatch door being open because I felt like I got knocked with a wave of like just massive brain fog dizziness and anxiety like instantly and I was like whoa there's definitely mold down there um so that's when we kind of figured that that's probably where the source was coming from but then the issue we ran into was trying to find someone who understood the health implications and the seriousness of mold and making sure that they were getting rid of it the right way so mm-hmm. The first person we had over treated mold like a construction job and was like, they went down, they went down into the crawl space with no protective gear, which if you're a mold, like, (laughs) you know, renovator, remediator, and you're going into place after place after place unprotected, you're getting massive amounts of mold exposure. So that was kind of the first red flag to me was like, what the hell are these guys doing? Like, they surely don't want to be exposed to this stuff. So Red flag for me, that was like, these guys probably aren't going to do the job as well as we need them to, for me to be healthy in this house. So we ended up, um, you know, we got a quote from them and they were like, yeah, we're going to like do this, this, and this pretty much treat it like a construction job and just visibly get rid of the mold. And that was not going to be good enough. And so we ended up, I reached out to a functional medicine doctor in Boulder and found a mold inspection company that works with holistic practitioners and doctors, understands the health implications of mold and does full remediation. And we'll do remediation until testing comes back negative. So we worked with them, Mm -hmm. Um, it was very expensive. We got really lucky because we had a sprinkler head that broke that triggered insurance coverage. 
otherwise mold is just one of those things for whatever reason that people don't really fully understand the detriment of health implications that mold can wreak havoc on. And a lot of people don't, uh, you know, whether it's the remediation company, insurance companies, it's just not taken very seriously. I think it's starting to become spoken about more and more. So hopefully we'll see that change. Um, but the only reason why we had coverage from our insurance for mold was because of the sprinkler head that had broken. Otherwise we would have been, you know, $30,000 of remediation that we had to pay for. So we got very lucky with that, but yeah. Craziness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to talk about what you did for you, but I also want to talk about, you know, when you work with clients who, you know, have mold and then co-infections that can go along with that and what you see when you're working with people who, who have mold. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like my route of healing, which when this was all going on, I mean, I had days that brought me to my knees, multiple days, multiple days that I was like, God, you got to get me out of this space. Like, I know this is not what I'm created for. I know this is not the life that you set for me. Like, I feel that in my soul, like this is not right. But I felt this sense of like purpose in that challenge because I knew that God was going to use me through my crap because he knew I'd figure it out. And I knew that I was going to figure it out. I was like, I am not, I will not rest until I understand why these markers are like this and what this cascade of issues means. And I mean, it's led to me going through this whole process and then being able to help hundreds of other people with it. So it's been such a gift, you know, just the most intense, terrible struggle that I've literally ever been through in my life, like mental, emotional, physically, just completely wrecked and, um, crawling out of that space and healing from that has been so challenging, but it has been such a massive gift because I've been able to help so many other people. Um, so what I went through is, you know, to some extent, pretty similar to what our clients are working through too. You know, if they've got these weird symptoms, I'm looking at their blood work and I'm seeing these patterns. Usually what we'll do is we'll run a mycotoxin and total toxic burden test. We run these through Vibrant America. Um, They're out of pocket because I'm not a doctor and I don't diagnose or treat disease. Again, we're using labs to just look at potential toxins and imbalances that might be affecting the body's optimal function. So we run those. It looks at 35 different mycotoxins on top of VOCs, you know, volatile organic compounds. We look at plastics, herbicides, pesticides, heavy metals, um, so many different things. And these are all things that can disrupt hormones, can shut down organ systems, can create all sorts of different health issues. And they're kind of like these stealth infections that people can get. So I see a lot of that with our clients. Um, other things, you know, you mentioned co-infections, oftentimes when people are reacting to mold, it can sometimes trigger retroviral activity. So things like Lyme disease, co-infections with Lyme disease, you know, Babesia, Borrelia, Bartonella, um, and gosh, there's just, you know, mold is such a massive weight on the immune system that it, it does trigger a lot of other things if you have them in your body and they have kind of laid dormant for a while. So. We see that relatively frequently with clients that do have mold as well. So it's worth getting tested for all of those things also. Um, But my, you know, in terms of like order of operations and addressing mold, the first thing that you have to do, I strongly believe is you have to re-regulate the nervous system and the vagal tone of your brain. And you have to get the body physically back in a state of feeling safe again. Because what you get when you're exposed to mold is you get this constant 
you know, influx of this environmental toxin that is essentially telling the body subconsciously, like you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe. And you have all of these alarm systems going off in the body and reacting. And then you have all the organ system, you know, detriments that are happening and symptoms that end up showing up. And so the first thing you have to do is you have to address the nervous system. So for me, I had ended up doing neurofeedback with brain code centers here in Denver. They're absolutely amazing. This is like a passive way of retraining the brain and affecting the brain waves so that you have a more balanced um, neurological function. So that was what I did to re-regulate my nervous system on top of going to therapy and talking things out. But I've also referred clients to do DNRS, the Gupta program, neuropraxis, um, there's so many other different things, you know, meditation and breath work can be huge if you're not having like a massive flare of these issues. But generally step number one is getting your nervous system back in order because an anxious fight or flight state of the human body is not in a state of healing. And you're going to have a very hard time healing, even if you're doing all the right things, if the nervous system and the brain is not taken care of. So that would be step one. The next step is hitting parasites. Mm -hmm. And I know everyone's like, what the hell parasites <laughs> have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. um, and you know this already too, but parasites put a massive strain on our helper T cells. So when it comes to immune function, parasitic infections, retroviral infections, um, mold, things like that, we're really talking about the balance of our helper T1 and our helper T2 cells, memory cells, and our immune system function. So when we get annihilated with mold, if we have a parasitic infection on top of that, which I had, you know, being in Bangladesh, growing up working on farms, I've always had dogs, I'm barefoot all the time, I swam in rivers, creeks, and streams as a kid, I eat sushi, I mean, like all these things I'm naming, I'm sure people are listening and are like, oh my god, I well, do that. And I think, I think it's really important to, to stop there just for half a second, because I know you have so much more to say. We've got, I know you have an 11 o'clock appointment. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I put it to 11.15, so okay. I'm fine. <laughs> but think about this, and I want you to hear all the things that she said that she did that can, that can create these parasitic infections that we all do all the time growing up. We all do a lot of these things. So do we all have parasitic infections? Yeah. Yeah, I think the likelihood is pretty high. So this is really, really important if you're dealing with something chronic um, and you're not getting to the root cause. You can't figure it out. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep digging, and you gotta, you've gotta get rid of those, those, those microbes. They're, they're nasty. And I have to throw in there because I think it's important. Parasites can also, they can be invisible. They can be very visible, very, very, very visible. <laughs> so yes. worms are a big, big deal, and it's gross, but it's true. We most everybody has them. And we need to get rid of them because they're a problem. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Dr. Todd from Cellcore, his mm -hmm. coined quote is, if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. That's yep. how you test for parasites. Mm -hmm. Check your pulse. Yep. You've got them. Yep. So I think it's important to, like, you know, not be afraid of them, but realize, like, if you've got some major health issues going on, it is 100% worth working with someone who can walk you through a comprehensive parasite cleanse and getting your gut back in order before really moving on to anything else. So. The, this order of operations, what we're really talking about is microbes from largest to smallest. So Dr. Klinghart, who does a lot of groundbreaking research and is at the forefront of Lyme and co-infection, you know, illness and disease, he kind of came up with this. And there's a lot of other doctors that work in this space and holistic practitioners that follow this methodology. And it's what I follow as well and what I followed for myself. 
and for my clients is that you want to hit microbes from the largest to smallest. So parasites obviously are, they can be large. They can also be microscopic and not seen by the naked eye. Um, but parasites can hold up to six times their body weight in mold and heavy metals and um, viruses and bacteria and all sorts of crap. So if you're, you know, if you're someone who's dealing with Lyme disease, mold, whatever, and you have not hit parasites, you're missing a massive piece of the puzzle by not hitting those. So, you know, even if it's not something that you did first, you need to go back and you need to hit parasites first. Cause not only do they overwhelm the immune system and dysregulate it, but they also carry up to six times their body weight and all these other things. So you absolutely need to hit them. So we do parasite cleansing first and then mold and then bacteria and then viruses. So we're going from largest to smallest. And um, I've been on my protocol for, oh gosh, almost like eight or nine months now. And I probably have a solid another like three to four months before I'm going to be like, okay, we're in maintenance mode now. Like I still have mold in my body. The, the crappy thing about mold is that it is a living organism and it colonizes and it can colonize in your sinuses. It can colonize in your gut. And since it's a living organism, as you detox it, it's going to fight back. It's not going to feel great. So you can experience your symptoms again, much more minimally, you know, not as intensely as you did during exposure. Um, but you can experience those symptoms again while detoxing. And I still hit waves of that when I'm really, you know, binding and pushing these pathways and passing parasites and all of this stuff. So that's, you know, in short, I guess, kind of like the, what does it look yeah. like to detox this stuff in terms of the nuance and the supplements and everything. We usually give our clients a lot of nutrition supplement and lifestyle recommendations. So things like getting outside, getting in the sauna, dry brushing, castor oil packs, you know, some of these practical applications. And then supplements are always involved because you have to use something to knock out and bind and flush out these toxins and pathogens from your body. And then nutrition, of course, you want to make sure that you're eating nutrient dense, properly prepared whole foods as much as possible. And that the body is getting the best chance of getting the most nutrient dense foods into our cells while we're in this healing state as much as we can. So that's in a nutshell, brief overview of kind of like the, the approach as we do the testing, we get the nervous system set, we go after mold, we go after parasites, we go after mold, and then we look at bacteria, viruses, and yeah. kind of optimize, you know, detoxification, drainage pathways, all those fun things. All so things. It's, a <laughs> it's a process. And that's probably one of the most interesting things is you have to be ready for it, you know. Any, but any, I think any time that you you start to realize you're dealing with something that you're that you're una unable to figure out what it is that it's become chronic, um, it's probably going to take some time to to unravel it all. Um, and you know, I you know I, I was doing a parasite cleanse fairly recently, and I was talking about it, and you know I had somebody in the family say. Hey, so t let's you know tell me about this parasite cleanse. Where can we we go get it? <laughs> I was like. This yeah. is this is not something that we can play with because before you go and do a parasite cleanse, no matter what, and I don't care if you go get one off the shelf, I probably won't do what it what this will do, but you can't just go and start cleansing these microbes because if you are not if your body is not prepared for it, then you could go through serious Herx reactions. I mean, I you know Herx reactions have put people in the hospital. Um, they can be nasty. Yeah. Um, you can you can probably, you know, clog the colon. Um, all kinds of nasty things that can happen um, if you are unprepared. If your body's unprepared, um, you've got to be physically, mentally, and emotionally prepared for what's to come. Um, so it is something that uh, you want to be with somebody who is really experienced, who knows what they're doing, 
um, and and be prepared. You know, there will be ups and downs, and it won't be easy the whole time. It's going to be hard. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel worse, and you're going to feel better. But it's that you know that constant you know up and down, but you're still going up no matter what, right? For sure, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and that drainage piece is massive that you yeah. touched on. I mean, that's the thing that's challenging is like I've shared a lot of my journey on social media channels and, mm-hmm. you know, like on podcasts and radio with you and people are like, oh my God, where do I get that? I want to get that. I want to get these out. And the reality is, and we just talked about this with our cell core rep and another Chinese medicine doctor, our good friend Amber, um, like two days ago that if you don't support your drainage pathways, you're, what you're running into is you're running into an issue where your detoxification organs, like your gallbladder, your liver, your colon, your lymphatic system, your mitochondria and your cellular detoxification, if that is not working properly and then you start taking all of these herbs and all of these things to kill and mobilize toxins, and if you're knocking out parasites, again, they hold six times their body weight up to that in different types of toxins, they release those toxins when they die. So you are mobilizing those things into the bloodstream. So if you do not have optimal digestive and you know detoxification organ system function and you mobilize all of this, that's that's like where these symptoms come from is that you're mobilizing more toxins into the body and the bloodstream and the organs faster than your body can successfully get rid of and flush out of your body so what you run into is recirculating these really toxic substances and that's where all of the herx reactions come from and i mean there's there's a balance of doing this like we use binders to bind up to the toxins we use different bowel supportive supplements to make sure that you're not constipated like that's probably the worst thing that could ever possibly happen is if you're mobilizing all of this and you're constipated and there's nowhere for these toxins to go Mm -hmm. so i mean there's like you mentioned there's so many different elements you do absolutely want to make sure you're working with someone that is skilled in this has done this with many people and can walk you through this safely and as comfortably as possible and there's going to be discomforts, um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, so terrible. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, I think my experience so far has been manageable, definitely uncomfortable, but I feel so much better than I used to. I feel like I have my life back, and um, yeah, awesome. drainage is massively important. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, this has been amazing. Um, I, I You gave so much information, and I hope that everybody out there really takes this to heart and um, if you or if you know somebody who's dealing, who's struggling, dig deeper, you know, find the answers uh, or, you know, go find the people who can give you some answers, who want to dig, who want to do the testing, who want to help you. Um, and then, so why don't you tell people real quick how you can be found? I know you're kind of all over the place. So uh, where can people find you? <laughs> yes. So my business is largely online. Um, we work remotely with people. So if you're out of state, if you're you know somewhere else, we can work with you. There's no lines on that. Um, but people can reach out to me on my website. It's just katecroll.com. So C-A-I-T-C-R-O-W-E-L-L.com. We've got a ton of information there. You can also go to the contact me page to reach out to our team there. Um, you can also email me at um, admin, A-D-M-I-N, at katecroll.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram under the handle whatkate8. It's all one word. It's just W-H-A-T-C-A-I-T-A-T-E. Um, everything that I got into in this business kind of started with a blog, and that was the blog name that my husband came up with when I was in college. And the handle that I've created on Instagram has become so well known that even though we've rebranded into like Kate Kroll and Kroll and Company, there's been, you know, everyone still recognizes what Kate is. So we keep that 
on Instagram, but those are the best ways to connect with us. And we are completely full with our one-on-one -on -one clients right now. We're on a wait list. If people want to join the wait list, they can do that on our website. And we're also launching in February our Gut Sense group program. So we're essentially walking people through three months of working with us, which looks like a month of drainage and two months of parasite cleansing on top of an insane amount of education, information. We're doing blood testing with everyone. Um, and we're capping everything at about 30 to 40 people. So I think we're going to sell out really fast. We will be offering this program in the future again. So if you don't make it into this program, there will be another one. But that's kind of the big things we have going on. But if you want to keep up with my day-to-day -day and um, just like daily helpful tips and tricks and information, Instagram is probably the best way to follow up with me. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Yeah. And uh, for me, as you know, tastelifenutrition.com is the website. You can go to the website and you can fill out uh, a free assessment. And then I'll reach out to you personally. We'll chat about it. Um, we have, I have a uh, cookbook. It's a $7 cookbook that I just put together. <laughs> it's funny because I'm not a chef, but I do love easy, simple, you know, small ingredient meals when I'm in a hurry. So it's a five-ingredient cookbook. You can go to the website. You can go to Facebook, and you can look for the five-ingredient cookbook and uh, click the link. I'll post it here, too. We'll post um, all of uh, Kate's stuff as well in the links, in the comments in Facebook. So... You can find her. She's easy, easy to find anyway. Um, so, yeah, super grateful that you're here. Thank you for so much detailed information. I mean, you've got it. You've you've got it handled, and it's amazing. And you're a really amazing resource for people. Um, and we're all. I'm grateful that you're here. So thank you for all that you're thank doing. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Thanks for giving me a platform to share some things. I hope it was helpful. Yeah. And yeah, just. You know, it can't iterate what you've shared enough to just keep digging. You know, yeah. if you're feeling like crap, like one thing that I always tell my clients is like, you didn't always feel this way and yeah. you won't always feel this way. You just need to figure out what's going on. So yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Very good. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll see you. Remember every week now. So we'll see you next week. See you later. Mm -hmm.